good morning, High Point. My name is Gerald. I'm one of the leaders here at High Point. Um, I want to take the time to thank Pastor Andy for giving me this opportunity to share with you this morning. We are in a series called That's My Jam. Um, you know, there's the, to me, there's like two different type of jams, right? You got that jam that totally stops you. Like as soon as the first note plays, you know what the song is. And then you're like, what? And you're like, that's my cut right there. You're about to get out there and, you know, get it, right? And then you got those other type of jams, which they're not necessarily your favorite, favorite song, but they seem to kind of transport you back to a particular time and a place or whatever it may be where, where your emotions, your memories, and all your feelings are caught up into them. They're kind of like... You know, it's, it's one of those things where they bring you to a point where you can remember where you were, who you were with, what you were doing. You might even remember what you were wearing, right? So you got those type of jams as well. So t- as we look at those type of jams, matter of fact, I'm kind of thinking about me. <laughs> I had a jam. It wasn't my favorite song, but I could remember exactly where I was, what I was wearing when the Humpty song came on. The Humpty Dance by Digital Underground. It was absolutely ridiculous. I had my triple fat goose all the way down to my ankles on. I had some Tims, and I was in my high school with my high top box fade. I remember exactly where I was when that song came on. Um, I remember where I was when Fight the Power came on by Public Enemy. You know, I was at a movie theater. I'm not even going to get into that one because it actually brings back Bad Mermaid. So forget that one. Okay. But I also remember where I was where there's a song called Sovereign. And, and I love this song, but it always brings me back to a, a funeral of one of my wife's uncles. You know, as much as I love this song, but it puts me back into that place and it brings back the same feelings and the emotions. But those are your jams. There was a time when um, recently I was talking to somebody and helping them through a situation. And in the process of talking to them, talking to them and helping them through a situation, it was kind of similar to a situation I have already been through. I started getting happy. You know, and I started getting excited. And I was like, what? And then I realized I was starting to reminisce on me being in that situation and how I overcame it. And then I started getting excited and I went into like almost praise right there. And you know, and it's, there's a song by Jay Moss that goes, um, it's called Praise is the Way I Say Thanks. And it says, there's a praise on the inside that I can't keep to myself. A holler stirring up from the depths of my soul. So please excuse me if I seem a little giddy and even strange, but praise is the way I say thanks. That is my jam. And I'm not talking about just the song, right? But praising is my jam, right? And so we're going through the book of Psalms and and the book of Psalms is filled with nothing but praise jams. I mean, it's praise after praise after praise, just 100% praise jams for the most part, right? King David, (laughs) King David uses um, praise as his jam to get out of his jams, right? And I love that. So theologians believe that, that David wrote at least half, if not all, of the 150 Psalms in the book of the Bible. And in those Psalms, David is starting to reflect on, you know, things he's been through, his regrets, his trials, his, his sorrows, uh, just basically his entire testimonies and just things that just he did and, and what has happened to him. But in all those situations, he somehow takes all those experiences and converts them into praise. What David realized and, and that I'm starting to realize and that we need to realize, right, is that praise prevails over problems. Praise prevail over problems. So 
it got me thinking though. Can you guys recall, and I'm thinking about for myself, when our problems started prevailing over our praise? Like, can we recall when things that we prayed for, things that we've been blessed with, prayers that got answered, when did those blessings and all those things turn into problems for us? When did they transition from being blessings into problems? I mean, like, I could come up with a list on my own. And if you can't come up with one, I have enough for all of us watching, right? I mean, prayed for a job and, and, and I'm thankful for the job, but at what point did that job turn into something that I'm complaining about my coworkers? At what point did that job turn into something that I'm complaining about the commute? That I'm complaining about, oh man, they want me to do what? Or I'm complaining about, oh, they're not paying me enough money. What point did that blessing that I needed so badly turn into a problem for me? You know, it's the same thing with with cars and and houses. At what point did I did I change from my transition of thanking God so much for the house that he blessed me with or the apartment or the car? And now I'm complaining about the the price it costs to upkeep them and maintain them. Oh, man, my AC goes down, my water heater busted. Oh, all these things were turning them into a return, our blessings and our and our and our and our things into problems. Right. But praise prevails over problems. Kids, spouse, <laughs> man, spouse, we want a spouse, but then how much do we complain of? You know, I, I'll tell you the truth. So <laughs> I, uh, I learned this from my spouse in my relationship and I, and I had to learn this and I had to do this. I learned that if I wake up every time, if I wake up, I don't do it every day, right? But if I wake up every day and I thank God for my wife, for the gift that she is, I find that the things that she does that annoy me are a little less annoying. Yeah, I called her annoying, okay? You could put whatever adjective in there you want for yourself and your spouse, right? But I just happen to use the word annoying right now because I could come up with some other adjectives. But I find though, when I praise her, praise God for the gift that she is, those things that are annoying, that are annoying, are a little less annoying. So David did this with his stuff. And what happens is, Praise changes your perception and then it changes your perspective. So when you're going through things, you know, if you start praising in the midst of those things, your, your perspective of what's going on will change. It'll change to match your praise, right? Your perception of how you see the situation will change, right? And then it will force your perspective to change. Praise changes your perception and perspective. I think a lot of times when we go through and forget about the blessings that we received and we forget about continuously praising God for them, we are more focused on the blessings. And over time, those blessings, you know, they are going to have problems. They are going to change the situation. The situations are going to change. The, the utility of how we use those blessings are going to change. But if we focus on the blesser, the one who never changes, the one who's faithful and constant all the time, if we focus our praise on that, right, we know that those blessings won't matter as much because he's going to continue to bless us. But we, we, we will be able to praise in any circumstance, in any type of thing. It says, the Bible says that God dwells in the praise of his people. He lives there. How can you not live with somebody or how can you live with somebody and not hear them and feel for them? And, and, and it's just a matter of praise and letting it come out. 
King David had this on lock. He understood that praise prevails over problems. He understood that praise um, will, 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 will change his perception of how things are. He, this is the thing, he was called, because of his praise, he was called a man after God's own heart. Now, I don't know about you, I don't know how much you know about David, but here's the thing, we might know him just to the point where, hey, this is the guy that slayed Goliath. But let me get, give you a little bit about David's history, because this is interesting. This is a man who's called a man after God's own heart. David was being chased by King Saul, uh, and King Saul's trying to kill him. All right. Several times he tried to have him. He almost had him through spears at him. It was crazy, right? David um, has an affair with a married woman. David gets that married woman pregnant. Um, uh, later on, David secretly tries to have the married woman, woman's husband killed. The, the, the baby from the married woman ends up dying. Uh, David, later on in his life, David has a son who rapes his daughter, which is his son's sister. Then he has another son who kills the son, or as is his brother. Doesn't it sound crazy, right? Kills the brother that raped his sister. Then that same son that killed his brother went on to try to kill David to take over his kingship and exile David from his own kingdom. If you want drama, if you want one life to live, young and restless and so proper, all you need to read is the, is the, uh, uh, the second book of Psalms. Right? This is all in the Bible. This is drama. This is the dude. Man, listen, here's the thing that really cracks me up. And, and I'm saying cracks me up because I can't understand it. Is that Jesus is from the lineage of that adulterous affair of David. But praise. He said, this is a man after my own heart. Because in all things, he honors me. And he gives me praise through those situations that 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 David was going through. He praised, he praised, and he constantly praised. It was it was prevailing over his problems. Let's look at Psalms one forty six. We're going to read this all the way through. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes nor in son of man in whom there is no help. He has spirit, uh, his spirit departs, he returns to the earth, and the very day his, plan, his plans perish. Right? Happy is he who has God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and the widows. But the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. It starts out by saying, praise the Lord, O my soul. We have to understand what soul means, right? We, we get all these different definitions, but, but soul is basically, it's a person's total self, right? It says it's an active or essential part, a spiritual 
or a mortal force. So when we're talking about praising the Lord from your soul, we're not just talking about that lip service that says, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah. No, it's that that praise that James Moss is talking about, that praise on the inside that you can't keep to yourself, that, that stirs up from deep down within. It's that praise that comes out with the total force, uh, it's, and it's all of you. It's every ounce of your being. He says, with every loud, uh, with every ounce, my last breath, I will praise the Lord. It is that deep down thing that's within that will make you shout for joy when you're broke. <laughs> that will make you uh, raise your hands. Like you won't even understand why you're praising in the midst of the situations. But at the end of the day, mm, when you're praising him like that, you realize that you gave up yourself. You gave up of all your own strength. And then in that moment, in that moment, that's when God comes in because he dwells and lives in the praises of his people. Right. But until you can give up and praise like that, it was just like, Lord, God, I thank you for this, because even though, even though, even though, you know, God would not share his glory. I mean, like if you're still trying to work through something and you haven't turned it over and just start praising him for that moment, he's not going to share his glory with you. I mean, there's loads of stories. I'm not going to get into one besides Gideon. I'll talk about Gideon for a second. But there's loads of stories where he would make sure that you will know. He says it. He goes, I want you to know that I did this and you cannot take the credit for it. Praise allows God to show his glory. Verse 3 and 6 talks about... Do not put your uh, trust in princes, nor in the son of man, in whom there is no help. His spirit departs and returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. So basically, who are you trusting, right? You put your, you put your trust in, you know, they talk about, they say princes, right? But they're also talking about um, people of influence, people of power, that we consider people of power here. We put our trust in them. We put our trust in these politicians. We put our trust in all these things. And, but, but when they die, so, do their, so does their influence, so does their power, so do their plans, right? And unfortunately, sometimes because we put our trust in them, so does our hope. It says, don't put your trust in the Son of Man. But here, this is great. This is what I love about it. We're in the Old Testament. We, but yet, it's right here telling us to put our trust in Jesus. Because if we're not putting it in the Son of Man, we're putting it in the Son of God. Who else are you supposed to put your trust in? Right. So put your trust in the son of God, the one that doesn't die. Right. The one that conquered death, the, the one that is everlasting, the one that says what that is forever. The one, if you keep reading the verses, the one who created the earth, he was there in the beginning. He was there since time began. That is where our trust goes. That is where our praise goes there. <laughs> I think sometimes, you know, it talks about in him. The Lord keeps truth forever. And I'm a, I'm a big word guy. And it helps me understand things more. So we look at the word forever, but I don't think we really get it and why it goes so strongly with God. Right? Because if you look at the word forever, forever means <laughs> the four comes from before. Like, let me bring that up. So forever means at all times. Forever means continuously. Forever means, if you take the four part of before, it means before ever. That means before time. That means before everything else was here, he was. 
It is, I was here before, I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. There is no time with God. There is no time with Jesus. Put, he is the truth forever. That means I had no beginning, I had no end, and here I am right now forever. How could you not praise that? <laughs> praise will change your perception and produce a different perspective. Another thing that David did, which was really interesting, is um, he allowed praise to precede his solution. So a lot of times we like to praise the Lord after we have our results. We like to praise the Lord when all of our problems are done and solved and finished, right? <laughs> David didn't do that. Oh, no. He took a situation and he praised the Lord in the midst of Praise you, the Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that you have blessed me with the chance to, to be righteous. I thank you, Lord God, that you have blessed me with the chance to be, be a king. I thank you, Lord God, that even though I don't know where I'm doing, even though I don't know, even though you have anointed me to be king, and so, Lord God, even though I am not in that king role now, I submit myself to King Saul, who is trying to kill me. And I praise you for the opportunity to serve him well. I praise you for the opportunity to, for him to see my heart, your heart through me and my actions, even though he is out to kill me. I praise you for that opportunity. I praise you, Lord God, that you are my provider. Man, he had a praise regardless because he knew who was the author and finisher of his faith, the one that you could trust in forever. You know, a lot of marriages, you know, break up, we make these vows and everything happens and we expect that trust and we say forever, Right? But what's forever? Forever for us is just what it says, until we die. <laughs> That's not forever. <laughs> Verse 7 and 8 of Psalms 146. Who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food for the hungry, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind, the Lord raises those who are bowed down, the Lord loves the righteous. Listen. We got to get this. I, I, David knows what it's like to be oppressed, right? He knows what it's like to be persecuted, man. He's been exiled, people chasing him, you know? He knows what it's like to be, be, be um, hungry, right? He, this is the same man that, that ate from the sacred temple for him and his soldiers, right? He knows what it's like to be, be poor, right? This is, the, this is a, a poor shepherd boy who is being exalted and raised as king. He knows what all these situations are like. And he's understanding that in these moments, when he's talking about them, <laughs> man, I love it. He is using his past experiences as preparation for future experiences. Praise, it, 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 he's given a praise of preparation, right? His past experiences have prepared them for these situations. This is the funny thing. If you really think about it, David was being chased by King Saul to be killed. Something like that should, should never happen. But if it does happen, it should only happen once in your life. Right? It happened again. This time he's being chased by his son to be killed. And he was the king. He gave a praise of preparation. Thank you, Jesus, for that experience that I know what to do. I'm here and I know that you see me through it the first time and you'll see me through it again. Do we understand that our praise are, are things that we go through? We have to change our 
perception again, right? And see that we're going through something and it might not be for that particular moment. It might be preparation for the next moment that might be even greater. It might be preparation for somebody else who's going through it. Like when I was talking to this young guy earlier before, it's gonna be preparation for something they're going through that I can help them through. We have to change our perception of our problems and, and just let it come outward with praise because we know that he is preparing us for something, someone, some, just something. I get excited about it now, right? Because I can think of time and time again of stuff that I've been to. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to use the word crap because that's what it felt like. When you're going through it, man, but God, when I look at why, and I see why, and now over the, and it takes time, right? Because now I see why. So because I have those experiences of things repeating themselves or me being prepared for other people, I'm able to praise in the midst of my circumstances now. I'm able to praise before I see the solution because I know that praise prevails over my problems. Sometimes the thing I love the most about David, when he did this, I'm going to repeat these things again. He allowed praise to reveal all of his problems. He allowed praise to change his perception. And then it produced a different perspective. He allowed praise to precede the solutions before the answers came. He allowed praise to be his preparation. And through all this, you know what happens when you praise? This is the biggest one. Praise produces peace. Throughout the Bible says that peace that passes understanding, that's only wrapped up in Jesus. It says, my peace I I leave you, but my peace I give you. That peace, when you start praising, something happens in your mind where you're almost not even focusing on the problems anymore. When you start praising, listen, we talk about, did you not know that prayer is a derivative of praise? Right? Just like good is a derivative of God. You can't have good without God. You can't have prayer without praise. It is a derivative of that. That means when you're praying, the thing that he listens to is what? Your praise. Let's put that. We can praise God and he hears us even in the midst. It says in all things, in all things give thanks. Right? Thankfulness. You can't praise God without having a spirit of thankfulness. All means without exception. Totally and complete. If you leave one thing out that you can't praise God for. Now let's think about that for a minute. Because I know it sounds crazy. Gerald, are you telling me that I need to praise God for being imprisoned? you telling me I need to praise God for having a, a, a terminally ill disease? you telling me I need to praise God for being homeless? you telling me I need to praise God for having substance abuse problems? Are you telling me I need to praise God for these type of things? That sounds crazy, right? Just keep it practical. How can we transfer that? I'm telling you that you need to ch- let praise change your perceptions of the problems that you're going through. God, I thank you, Lord God, though I may be incarcerated. Paul, incarcerated 10,000 times. Though I may be incarcerated, Lord God, I'm free in you. You, Your son has set me free. I'm free in the mind. I'm free in my spirit, in my imprisonment, Father. Though I know that you are my healer, but even, oh, Shadrach and Beshach and Bendigo, about to be thrown in a fiery furnace, right? But what does it say? It says, but even if you don't save me, he's still my God. 
because you have to have that bigger perception of what you're going through. Sometimes, guess what? It might not be for you. So much we're learning from King David that half of the things he went through might not have been for us. I mean, might not have been for him, but for us. So we have, this is the thing I got the best, right? Someone told me a long time ago, when you're going through those things, those terminally ill diseases, when you're going through this things that you, the worst possible things you could think of, in crisis, Christ is. Christ is in your crisis. Praise him. All right? You have to be lowered. So what's that first? You got to be bowed down so he can be lifted up. You got to be bowed down so he can lift you up. How can you be raised up if you already think you're up there? Praise God. In order to praise him, you got to submit to him and know that there's someone, something far greater than yourself, that things are out of your control. And then when he does, boy, oh boy, he's able to show his glory. Praise God. I'm going to give you the answer to absolutely all your problems. <laughs> I already did if you didn't notice yet. But I'm going to give it to you again. The answer to all your problems is to praise. Let praise prevail over your problems. Let praise change your perception. And then it would produce a different perspective of why you're going through it. Let praise precede a solution. Let your praise come first before you even know how you're going to get out of it. Let all the past experiences that you've been through be an example or reason why you praise because you are prepared for what's coming up next. Let praise produce a peace that passes all understanding. In all things give thanks. In all things know that in crisis, Christ is. Take the mindset of Christ knowing that he's doing things for our benefit. Father Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, because you are so, so merciful. We are so undeserving. But Lord God, I'm going to thank you for our problems. I'm going to thank you for the things that we're going through. I'm going to thank you, Lord God, because not because I want to be in them, but I know that you are in them with me. Because you're in them with me, Lord God, you're going to pull me out of them. I know that if even in the time frame that not in the time frame that I may want, but I thank you, Lord God, but that you're going to be able to let this situation, let these problems, let these things that I'm in be able to be used for your glory to help someone else and even to help me. I thank you, Lord God, even if I do not see, I give you praise. You are worth all the glory, worth all the honor. In Jesus' and precious and mighty name. Amen. Hi, Point, I love you. This is something I am working on. I know that it's not the easiest thing to do to praise when you're going through it. Right? Start small. Right? Start with things that aren't really getting you right away. Right? If you're complaining about anything at all, find what you're complaining about and just praise about it. Thank you for this job that you've given me already, Lord God, and I know that you have another one in my in my future to come. Thank you for this spouse that you gave me. You says, thank you for this this wife of my youth. 
You're the one that I love. Thank you for these children, Lord God, who are blessed. Thank you for me who is fearfully and, wonderful, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made. You can find praise in absolutely anything. And when you do, you're going to be able to see that your perspective changes. And praise just produces, oh, I forgot this one. Praise produces more praise. Once you start, it's almost kind of hard and impossible to start. Stop. I love you guys. Have a great week. And I'll see you next time.